0: Amazing love. That's what it's all about. That is the heart of the gospel, the good news. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. God loves the world. God loves His creation. God loves His people. And that's a love that not only saves us, but also shapes us. We are molded in that love. That is why we are compelled to go and carry out the mission that's been entrusted to us, a mission that's captured in this sermon series in what's called the Great Commission. So last week, we looked at the first part of the Great Commission of Jesus' words to the disciples there on the mountain in Galilee, and if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, we'll be reading again, beginning in Verse 16. What we found last week was that there on the mountain in Galilee, there was this this mixture of worship, but also doubt. And it's in that context where Jesus makes this announcement. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then we come up upon an important word. Therefore, before the content of the Great Commission, we have the big Therefore, uh, we carry out this mission by the authority of Jesus. We are His representatives. Uh, He has given us the store uniform, to use the metaphor from last week. And I appreciate the conversations I had after the sermon last week. And apparently I'm not the only one who made the mistake of wearing the red polo to Target and being misidentified as a worker there. Uh, Someone sent me this meme this last week. I'll just let it sit there. Like I said, I'm glad I'm not the only one. The truth is that as believers we should have people come up to us and ask us, do you work here? But what is our work? What is the task on earth? What is our mission here in this place? Well, this is what the Great Commission is all about. Last week, we looked at what took place before the big therefore. Now, we're going to look at what follows. We're going to look at the content of the mission. Uh, We're going to look at our marching orders as His people. So, let's hear the Word of God from Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 16. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Oh, may God bless the reading of his word. I'm going to go back to the well and draw upon an image that I think I've used before. I think I've actually used it recently. I just couldn't find it in my notes. Uh, So we'll give it another go, Uh, but it's from the movie, the 1937 movie Captain Courageous. So there's Spencer Tracy there on the left, and uh, Captain Courageous, a boy named Harvey there on the right, and it's a wonderful story. We actually, there was a group of us that saw this over at the Woodrow's house, Uh, I guess it was back in September, and truth be told, I wasn't looking forward to it when I saw that this was going to be a black-and-white movie called Captain Courageous. Uh, But after after watching it, we actually went and bought a copy, and it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I would encourage you to watch this movie. It's the story about the boy named Harvey. He was a misguided child. To put it nicely, uh, he was actually a monster. Uh, His mother died when he was little. His father was a very successful businessman, and he he had no time for Harvey, and so uh, he bought Harvey's affection. He spoiled him rotten, and Harvey paid the price. He was entitled, manipulative. He would bribe his friends, threaten them with his father's political and economic power. He would cheat in games. No one liked Harvey. But then Harvey had an accident that would change his life forever. On a cruise liner on a foggy morning, Harvey took a misstep and he fell off the side of the ship and into the ocean. And he was about to drown. That is, until he was fished out by a fisherman named Manuel Spencer Tracy. Manuel was part of a fishing crew that had just started this multi-month long fishing expedition. So Harvey was stuck on the boat for a while. They weren't going to take him back to land. But no one liked this spoiled brat. No one except Manuel. Manuel took Harvey under his wings. He didn't call him a little monster. He affectionately called him Little Fish. Because he had fished him out of the water. Manuel was the best fisherman at sea, but then he began to teach this little fish how to become a fisherman. He showed him the ins and the outs of deep sea fishing, but Harvey learned a lot more on that trip. Hold that thought. This brings us to the Great Commission. But before we get to Jesus' words there on the mountain in Galilee at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, I want to back up a little before that in the Gospel of Matthew to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, if you want to follow along. This is the initial call of Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and following, hear these words. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And that's an all-encompassing term there. It really is better to say fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed Him. And going on from there, He saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and He called to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed Him. Fishers of people. I don't think it's an accident that Jesus calls fishermen into his inner circle. Their daily activities of mending nets and going out into the waters to catch fish had a similar motion to what Jesus is calling them to do in the Great Commission. In fact, I see these words in Matthew 4 of, and this charge of, of being a fisher of people to be an expansion or an extension or Let me flip that. The Great Commission is an expansion and a commission of these initial words and this initial calling in Matthew chapter 4 to go and fish for people. But in order to go and fish for people, you need to be caught yourself. And this is what this initial call is all about. Peter, Andrew, James, and John have been caught in Jesus' net. Uh, That's what the show The Chosen is all about. And you You think about that image at the beginning of the chosen with those that school of fish swimming in a circle clockwise, and this one fish is swimming against the direction of the other fish, and then one at a time the fish turn and follow. Jesus catches these men. But it's not a catch and release fishing situation. Jesus doesn't give them the charge to go and fish for people and then throw them back into the water, sending them away, wishing them good luck. No, for the duration of the Gospel of Matthew, and really for all of the Gospels, Jesus teaches them the ins and outs of fishing. And if you want to get more technical, Jesus teaches them in a very hands-on experiential way how to make disciples disciples. By making them disciples. You see, Jesus was on a time schedule. And so often he would tell the people with whom he encountered, don't share the news about this particular miracle that happened. Because Jesus was on a time schedule. And a big part of his mission, a big part of his mystery, was to train up his disciples, to train them to fish for people. So Jesus rolled up his sleeves... He got into the boat with them. He brought them alongside him and he showed them, this is how you do mission. Jesus caught his disciples that day, but in his ministry, he made them disciples. Disciples who would continue to do and to teach that which Jesus began. It's in the life of Jesus and in his role as the chief fisherman that breathes life into the final instructions of Jesus to the disciples on the mountain in Galilee, the Great Commission. And this earlier fishing story in Matthew chapter 4, connected to the Great Commission in Matthew 28, should give us some things to think about here at Brentwood Oaks. And for those of you who are visiting and the different contexts in which you find yourselves, right now we're paying attention and thinking about the theme of bringing people to faith. Because there's a the temptation for the church and maybe especially over the last 200 years, uh, to be involved in a kind of catch-and-release type of fishing, where the Great Commission has been reduced to getting what what we call converts. And there's this focus for bringing people to a decision, a decision that leads to baptism. And baptism can become an end unto itself. But what happens after someone comes up out of the waters? Is that where the Great Commission ends? Well, sadly, what's happened in church history with respect to missions and baptisms, uh, both in foreign lands and also domestically, uh, baptisms can become a statistic. Baptisms can become a number. And the larger the number, the more successful the mission is. And so the thinking goes. But if we're not careful as a church, then baptisms can become a catch and release type of fishing and really a parody of what Jesus is instructing his disciples to do on the mountain of Galilee. Now, making a decision and entering into the waters of baptism is certainly part of the mission. I don't want to dismiss that at all, but it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning of this process, and it is a process of being made a disciple, a follower, an apprentice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, We see this in the main action verb of the Great Commission, the instructions that Jesus gives His disciples there on the mountain. It wasn't to go and catch fish and then turn them loose. No, the main verb, the chief command of the Great Commission is to make disciples, to duplicate themselves, to make more fishermen and more fisherwomen. And attached to this main action verb, there are three participles. How do you make disciples? Well, we are people who are going, and baptizing, and teaching. Going, baptizing, and teaching. Let's look at these briefly one word at a time. Going. Now going is the call for the church to get into the boat and go out into the waters where the fish are. It's the divine go that sets the church into motion. We are not a people who hide behind walls. We are not a people who are called to stay on the shores. We are the sent ones because our God is a sending God. God the Father sends the Son. The Father and the Son sends the Spirit. The Father and the Son sends the church by the power of the Spirit. God is on the move. Therefore, the church is on the move to fish for people. And so we are a people who are on the go a going people baptizing baptizing is that initial catch it's when people make that turn and as paul puts it in 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10 he recalls and he remembers and he acknowledges how he heard that the church there in Thessalonica had turned to god away from their idols and to the true And living God. Baptism is this moment of submission. A moment of being incorporated into the family of God. The worldwide body of Christ. And baptism though is not a statistic. It's not a number. Baptism has a human face. But it is only a beginning. The beginning of a long journey. To become a disciple. Which brings us to this third word teaching what are we supposed to be doing we're supposed to be supposed to be teaching them to observe all that i commanded you to be teaching all the nations to observe all that jesus has commanded us teaching That's not just a head thing, although that's a piece of it. We do talk about and teach the story, this grand story that we have in Scripture revealed to us. But notice that this is a teaching that's attached to obedience. This is an embodied teaching. Christianity is an action-oriented faith. We learn by doing. We believe by doing. We grow by doing. This is the kind of teaching that Jesus modeled for us. He did teach his disciples the way of the kingdom through parables and through lessons. But he also did this indeed. He taught them as he touched the untouchable. As he loved the unlovable. He taught them as he healed the sick and exercised the demons. He taught them as He looked upon the people with compassion, as sheep without a shepherd. He taught them as He prayed with them and pointed out examples of faith, but also counterexamples. He taught them time and time again what it meant to pick up a cross, because Jesus picked up His cross first, completely surrendering to the will of the Father. He taught them what love was all about, treating others as you want to be treated, even your enemies. He taught them what a community of forgiveness looks like because Jesus modeled this Himself. Jesus was a hands-on teacher. Jesus' ministry was training His disciples to fish for people, not just catch people, but teach them to be fishermen to make disciples, people who are always growing in loving God and loving neighbor. The Great Commission is a fisherman story. Which brings us back to Captain Courageous. Manuel, the seasoned fisherman, caught him a little fish, a spoiled brat named Harvey. But Manuel didn't throw him back. No, Manuel took it upon himself to train this little fish to teach him how to be a fisherman. And make no mistake about it, little Harvey had many hard lessons to learn. Deep fishing is a difficult task for a novice, but they were more important lessons for Harvey to learn. Without giving too much away, Harvey continued to manipulate and cheat and try to take advantage of the other fishermen in the boat. That was his nature. But Manuel exercised tough love and patience and challenged Harvey to leave his wicked ways behind him and think of others before himself. Young Harvey wanted Manuel to teach him how to fish, and no doubt he learned this trade. But what he truly learned from Manuel was how to be a godly man. And by the end of the journey, he had become more selfless, more compassionate. He had become a true fisherman in every sense of the word because this old rugged fisherman had invested in him and he wouldn't settle for a catch and release, but he stayed in the boat with the little fish, teaching him the ins and outs of fishing and teaching him to live a life of honor and integrity. And in so doing, he set Harvey on a new trajectory in life. In fact, Harvey wanted to become a fisherman. And I believe that Manuel has given us a portrait of what it means to carry out this mission that has been entrusted to us with the Great Commission. We are the going, baptizing, and teaching people We go and fish for people because we are a people who have been caught ourselves, but we don't catch and release. We invest in the lives of others. We are not out to make converts who are here today and gone tomorrow. We have been given the task to make disciples, people who follow Jesus of Nazareth. People who in turn teach others to fish, as we've been instructed to do so many years ago from the mountain in Galilee. So, what's the content of our mission? It's this we are the going, baptizing, and teaching people. What does making a disciple look like here at Brentwood Oaks? Where is God calling us to grow in making disciples of all the nations? There are a lot of great things that happen amongst the people here at Brentwood Oaks. A lot of good things happen with discipling, but we have not arrived. Where is God calling us? Who is God putting in our path to disciple and to walk in this path that Jesus is leading us? Well, as a people who have been rescued, we ask God to show us uh, where is our place in this rescue mission here in Austin, Texas, and beyond. Uh, May God give us the vision and the sense of direction and the guidance and also the power to carry out this task. If you would like to respond to the good news of the God who is with us in